Uh, we have a missionary associate to Estonia uh, this morning, and um, Sister Sam Perkins. And God bless you. Come up and share a little bit about what God is doing. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so like um, Pastor said, I am going to Estonia. Um, has anybody in here heard of Estonia? Yeah, a few people. You know more than I did about a year ago. Um, <laughs> so um, just a little bit about me. I, um, like you said, my name's Samantha Perkins. Um, I'm 23 years old. I was born and raised in church. My mom grew up here in Jacksonville, born and raised in church as well. So growing up, I knew about God. I loved God, had a really great relationship with him, and I knew God had a purpose for me. But like most people, I didn't know what it was. Um, so I started college and I started um, an internship program, which is where I met Dominic. Um, so I was working with the youth. I was actively in ministry. I was going on missions trips and boom, God called me to missions. And I was like, okay, God, cool. I'm so excited. Like, this is it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. But where do you want me to go? And so I began this journey um, of God, you know, putting it on my heart where he wanted me to go. And I strictly remember the specific moment um, when I was in Spain. Um, I was hiking in a town with one of my friends. And I looked at her um, and I said, we were walking around this town for like maybe two hours and I've yet to see a church. Is that normal? Does that, is that just something that is just here? Um, or is this common? And she um, began to share with me how in Europe it is actually very... Um, common that many towns don't have churches. Church has become something that they, they don't want a part of their life. And um, as these generations have you know, begun to grow up, they've grown up without a church. Church has become a building they go to as a, it's a tourist spot. It's not a place they go to find hope, a place they go to find God. And so now we're looking at you know, a few generations that have never even heard the gospel. And it's so readily available but it is not being able to be um, accepted because there's no one to tell them about it. So um, this is how um, I left Spain and I was like, okay, God, like I have this burden on me, like I wanna do something about it. What can I do? How can I do something about it? And um, you know, I just began praying and I still was serving in church and God introduced me to the Godwins and those are the missionaries that I will be working directly under. Um, and they introduced me to Estonia. And I had never heard of this place um, until uh, about a year ago when I met the Godwins. And they just began to share with me their heart. Um, Estonia, if you didn't know, is actually considered the least religious country in the world. They have less than 18% um, that believe that religion is even important at all. That's not even considered Christianity. That's just religion in general. So um, immediately my heart knew this was where God wanted me. And so um, I've been actively fundraising, actively praying and seeking. Um, and I'm super excited that in March I will get to join the church planting team. Um, and this isn't the first church plant. This is the third one in this country in five years. So God is moving. And I'm happy to share as well that this morning um, overseas in Estonia right now, well, I'm sure a few hours ago, um, they just ordained their very first Estonian pastor. Um, and he will be taking over the second church plant while we move on to the third. So God is really moving, and um, I'm super excited um, to get to you know work over there and do what God does. So thank you so much for hearing my story. Uh, I, I want to talk this morning, 
the subject, the title that I put down is Let Go and Let God. Let Go and Let God. I, uh, well, let me read the text and then I'll make some opening thoughts. 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said to him, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word this morning. I thank you, God, that your word is not just a history book. but God, it is a living example God, of how we are to live our life in accordance, Lord, with your teaching. I pray, God, that you would stir our hearts and our spirits this morning as we delve into your word. Challenge us, God, in the areas of our life that that needs challenging. Motivate us and move us closer to the mark of the calling of Jesus Christ. And we'll give you all the praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. When I first began to be, and it's been a long time, as you heard me referencing how long ago we were youth pastors, but first began to be called into ministry, God began doing some things in my life that that have really not ceased. They've just been an uh, an ongoing process. How many knows we... Paul said, this one thing I do, I put those things which are behind behind me and I press toward those things which are before... Because this is a, a lifelong journey pursuing uh, God's will, pursuing God's plan for your life. It's not something that you wake up and say, okay, from now on I am now in the midst of God's will and I'm there, I've arrived. Uh, I count not myself to have arrived, amen. And uh, so I began this process, but a, a big part of the process that, uh, that God began to show me, and really it took years, and, and years, and still today, and that is discerning between traditional norms and doctrinal truths. Let me explain, because evidently you didn't get that. So, (laughs) uh, there are things that all of us have in our history. We're raised certain ways. Uh, and, And we begin to think, well, we've always done it this way. It must be God's will for us to do it this way. And, and so we develop traditions. Not all traditions are bad. I'm a traditionalist. I, you know you know me. I love traditions. But at the same time, I have had to learn to discern between what is tradition and what is theology and what is doctrine and what is pleasing to the heart of the Lord. They're not always uh, separated, but sometimes they are. For example, uh, a big part of that process is uh, you know, even when I first came pastoring here, and, and I'd been a youth pastor for years, but even as a youth pastor, I pastored in a very traditional uh, church on the west side of town. In fact, just last night we were having a dinner with a couple, and uh, they made the comment, you know, things are different out there at the beach, aren't they? 
<laughs> I, I said, yeah. They, they said, you can just feel it when you cross over the, they've learned our terminology, you cross over the ditch. And, um, you know, it just feels different. And, and so when our first service out here, um, and we, we come up here, and I'm, I'm pastoring, and there's just a handful of people, and, uh, but God blessed us, and, and, people, and, and I notice people coming to church in shorts. All the ladies weren't wearing dresses. And I was having this, um, this crisis, uh, and I had to pray through it, amen? And I realized that, you know what? Uh, God tells us to be, be, be in moderation, but he doesn't define that. And, and it gives a lot for us to kind of work out, amen? And, and so, uh, but those are just the examples of the kind of things. And I won't even get into race issues and all of those other things that we get so confused about. In fact, just this week, I always have this week stories. In fact, I always tell people, if I've offended you, you've got this week to get it straightened out. You can come talk to me about anything I've offended you over this week, but by next week I'm going to have offended a whole bunch of new people. So I can't deal with two-week-ago offenses. So uh, if I say something this morning to offend you, you've got this whole week to call me and work it out. Uh, but but um, I, I um, uh, was talking with a, a, a couple, and we were talking about uh, marriage counseling and the whole subject of uh, not being equally yoked come up, and uh, that is one of the most perverted, twisted scriptures people will take out of context and mess up. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, that has nothing to do with race, don't you? Uh, that is simply Christians and non-Christians. That's where the concern comes in. And if you're getting married, you need to make sure you're lined up spiritually, that you both, uh, both are on the same page, uh, both, both are Christians. And so uh, it was a freeing moment. But you know what? These kind of things get in our psyche and in our history and if we're not careful it'll mess us up and and uh Saul was here's where it gets confusing and, and we'll get into the scripture we'll get into the points here in a minute but Saul was anointed by God well actually he was anointed by Samuel who was a prophet of God and let me, I don't, I'm still trying to discern. I don't have a lot of dreams that I consider to amount to anything. I don't have a lot of dreams that I can even ever remember. I mean, they tell me, they tell you that you dream a lot, but so I assume I do, but I don't really remember a lot of dreams. But last night I was, I had a dream, and I think it's significant. I'm still trying to figure all of it out. Some of it is very surface and very easy to figure out. But I was in a, and I guess the best way you could describe it would be like a Christian bookstore. Aren't a lot of them left around. And I was up at the counter, and there were large vials, larger than this, but vials of anointing oil. And I was smelling them, and they were very fragrant. They smelled beautiful but they were very pricey. And I, I remember uh, asking them, uh, the, this smells like good old olive oil. Uh, but I, I remember asking them, uh, the person there at the counter, um, I said, do you have anything cheaper? 
I mean, little bottles were, were like, you know, $60, $75. $75. And I'm thinking, that's, that's a lot of money. And so I said, do you have anything cheaper? And, and the person behind the counter, and I woke up when they said this, she said, the genuine will cost you more. And I, and I, and I woke up, and I, I think the Lord is trying to speak something into our life. And that is that the genuine anointing of the Holy Spirit will cost you. Now, I'm not talking about money. But it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you a sacrifice. It's going to cost you to go when you don't feel like going. To do when you don't feel like doing. It's going to cost you of letting go of some things that you want to hold on to and embracing some things that you don't want anything to do with. It's going to cost you something. David declared later, Saul's successor, since we're talking about Saul, David declared later, I will not give to God that which cost me nothing. So when we decide that we are going to pursue a relationship with the Lord, I, I, in fact, Jesus said, you can't get any closer to, 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 to write on the money than this, Jesus said, uh, count the cost. When you, listen, I, I, I tell the story uh, oftentimes of our mega sports camp, but I, I think it was just such a, uh, an on-point little story. Uh, we had a little girl that had come forward in mega sports camp. That's our kids' program, which we weren't able to have this year, but our, our kids' uh, sports camp that we have every year, and we have had upwards of over 100 elementary-age kids, and, and it's always just a, we love it. It's a great time of ministry here for a week, and we had a little girl that got saved. She came to the, uh, the night when we gave the opportunity for people to get saved. She, she came forward. She asked Jesus into her heart. She was only, you know, uh, probably second or third grader, not real old, and uh, she, she got saved. And uh, then in their little, they have what we call huddle times where they get together and, and talk about the Bible and what things mean, and, and they begin to tell her, now, now that you're saved... There are things you can't do anymore. And that caught her attention. Like what? Well, you can't lie anymore. You can't cheat at school anymore. And uh, the, the things that would bother a, a, a seven or eight-year-old little girl began to tell her these are things that serving the Lord means you've got to have Jesus in your heart and you've got to live different. And she says... And she came to me after the service. She says, can I take back that saving thing? <laughs> now, I only say that, and that's a little humorous because it puts on the point, but at least she was doing what Jesus said, count the cost. If you're not willing to walk it out, don't start the journey. And serving God will cost you something. It, it, it will be difficult at times. It, it, it's the most blessed life. I cannot stop bragging on how good God is. I, so I don't want you to misunderstand me. I, I haven't missed out on anything. God has been so much better to me than I've ever deserved. I have blessings that I would have never even thought possible in my life. So I'm not complaining, but I can tell you that there are times that it costs you something. And, and so serving the Lord, and so Samuel, 
Saul, I'm sorry, Saul was anointed. Saul had the same problem that a lot of Christians have. He began to confuse the anointing of God with personal ability. He began to realize the successes that he was enjoying in his life and instead of recognizing them as from the Lord, he began to think, I must really be good. I mean, he was already popular. If you'll remember, the Bible teaches us that Saul stood a head and shoulders above every man in Israel. He was a big guy. He was a, a, a captain and a warrior. He was a fighter. He, was, he had already understood. And, and so it was easy for him to make that transition, wasn't it? Uh, and in fact, God chose just the opposite way uh, when, when he replaced him, uh, when he removed the anointing off of his life, and, and he was subsequent, subsequently actually committed suicide. He fell on his sword so as not to be captured by Gibeon. But, um, but the reality of the matter is when God chose David, David was, the Bible describes him as a ruddy little kid, that even his own father didn't recognize that he had potential. When Samuel went to Jesse and said, bring me your children, because God said that I'm going to pick the king from your children, he didn't even bring David in. And Samuel said, there must be something else. And, and Jesse said, well, there's just little David out tending the sheep, but you don't really need to see him. And Samuel said, Let's just check this thing out. And he brought David in, and, and of course we know the rest. But even David, who became a, a great king and a great leader and a great warrior, struggled, if you'll remember, and I'm getting somewhere, when, when he went to bring the Ark of the Covenant in back home from captivity, and he brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, and, uh, but he chose not to do it God's way, but to do it his way because, see, David at this point uh, had great successes and he had, uh, and so he thought, well, God's way seems a little bit too primitive to me. So we're going to build this beautiful new ark, we're, I mean, this new cart. We're going to have the best oxen in the land bring the ark back. We're going to build shocks and it's going to have a smooth ride uh, back into Jerusalem. We're going to do things better. <laughs> Better is in all... Listen, how many knows that God's ways are higher than our ways? And God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And when God tells you how to do something, we ought to pay attention. And, and, and David failed in that, but the difference in David and Saul, David quickly realized his error and repented and asked God to forgive him, and then he submitted and brought the ark back in God's way. All this is preface to where I'm trying to get to this morning. Samuel knew that Saul was anointed because he had anointed him. And so he's going around with a long face. How many ever set out to do something for the Lord and it just didn't work out like you wanted it to? Anybody? I mean, you set out, uh, listen, I'm so grateful for this church. I thank God 
regularly for this church. I brag on you guys to other pastors. We have one of the sweetest groups of people. And I thank God for this church. And I've pastored here in April. It'll be 25 years. Yes, amen. You haven't... Although, last Sunday after I finished preaching and I went out back, somebody had backed the U-Haul truck out there, and I told the deacons, I said, guys, I'll do better next week. <laughs> this ain't a good way to end this relationship. It turned out it wasn't for me, to God be the glory. But, but, I, I, but can I tell you, and so I don't want you to misunderstand anything that I'm saying. I thank God for the... But the journey hasn't been exactly what I anticipated when we set foot in the front door of the old building over here and God began to do great things and I, I, I began to think, oh God, this is just going to be a great journey. I began to envision large buildings, planning multiple churches and campuses and, you know, not to say that those visions are done. I've still got a few years left in me. But what I'm telling you is, if you look at the natural, there are times you can become discouraged. And so, uh, maybe you started out teaching a Sunday school class, you could only get one or two kids that would show up, and you just want to get, maybe nobody showed up. Listen, I, I want to challenge some people this morning, because one of the visions that God has given us is this small group ministry, the house-to-house ministry, that I believe that God is going to bless and multiply in, in the coming year. I know, and I understand a lot of people are apprehensive, and I get that, and this may not be the right time for you. But I want you to be praying, because I believe that God is going to be doing lots of small groups and houses all over town. And so I want you to be praying about that and asking the Lord. And, and it may start out, when you start out a small group, a house group, you may... Uh, you have refreshments laid out, have studied a Bible study, be ready to go, and, you know, nobody show up, or two people show up. And, and, and does that ever happen, Pastor Dominic? And it's easy to get discouraged. And that's Samuel. Lord, I, I thought I was being obedient to you. I guess I, I, guess I don't, uh, I, I guess I, you know, shouldn't trust God. I don't know. I, I'm just... I'm done with this prophet thing. I anointed Samuel. I mean, I anointed Saul. I thought that was the thing you wanted me to do. I anointed Saul. He's made a blunder of things. <laughs> He's made a blunder of things. And, and now, Lord, I don't even know uh, what, what's, what's, what's going to happen. And, and finished belly aching and crying, and like God does, and I believe that what God is speaking to the church right now, is how long are you going to mourn? Let me bring it to modern day. How long are you going to bellyache over your failures? How long are you going to complain and cry over yesterday as if I did not still have a work to do today? We are in a... Well, I can't say we're in a post-COVID environment because it's still a real thing. But we are definitely at least in a post-regathering atmosphere where we took 
months off of coming back to church. And we're learning as we're... In fact, when this first started happening, you may remember I sent messages out. This won't last long, guys. And when we come back together, we're going to have a huge celebration. We have a dinner. We're going to celebrate. Well, we've not been able to do that, have we? We'll still do that. In fact, Sunday would be a good time. We, 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 listen, Pastor appreciates that me is just some good old home cooking food. Amen? I love to eat. And so, uh, but, but we're regathering. But things are different. Things are different. And some of you are probably thinking, well, I don't like the new way we're doing things. And, and as the traditionalist in me, I get it. That don't even offend me for you to say that. Because I have those same kind of struggles. Nevertheless, we are willing, we're trying to put, we cannot mourn over how everything used to be as if God doesn't still have a plan for this generation and this hour and this day. And I determined in my heart in prayer, I said, God, you're giving us an opportunity to reboot the church, to come back together. And Lord, I want to act as if I don't even know how church is supposed to be. I want to look at church, I want to look at, listen, you've told us to do a couple of things. You've told us to love people and love God. You've told us to disciple people, preach the gospel, lead people to Jesus. I want to pretend that's all I know. If this is what God gave you and said, do this, how would you do it if you didn't have your history of how church is supposed to be? I, I, I remember, you know, it's been some time ago when we cut out our Sunday night service. And, and I, I remember at first that uh, I had uh, somebody come to me and say, Pastor, I don't like that you've cut out Sunday night church. And I'm like, you never came to Sunday night church. <laughs> These are real conversations, by the way. No, but I like to know that my church is having Sunday night church. Well, pretend that we are. <laughs> It won't change your life any. Hallelujah. The, the, the reality of the matter is, that's the way our traditions are. We, we like things like they are, and even if it does, we just don't want to change anything. But how many knows with me this morning that if you don't change, you can't get better? You know, one of the great definitions of insanity is doing the same thing the same way and expecting a different outcome. And people do that over and over and over and they're always surprised, but here we still are. So I'm, I'm saying, God, we're going to do things, they're going to they're resemble because, but Lord, I don't want to get so attached to, to the way it has to be that we have to do it the exact same way. And I thank God for the leadership in this church and those that are supporting me, they, they, I can tell not everybody loves it. But they're, they're, they're thinking, well, pastor, give it a try. If it don't work, pastors are a dime a dozen. Hallelujah. But we're going to give it the best we got. Amen. And, and, and I will tell you, uh, even though they're very minuscule uh, changes that we're starting to see and make, and I know that we still, you know, the building's still not packing out. We're still not seeing some of that come to pass at this point. I can tell you I am more energized about doing what God has called me to do than I've been in a while. Amen. 
Amen. So we are going to follow through in what God has called us to do, uh, which is why I, I did ask them uh, not to take me out of the pulpit next week. We are going to be gone for a couple of weeks at uh, the end of the month, and I didn't want to be out uh, next Sunday from the pulpit, so they, they graced me. But, but the other thing is, too, I like to eat quick, so I'll preach short uh, next Sunday. If we bring in somebody else, they might be long-winded. God told Samuel a few things. Quit mourning over the past. Life is different now. There will be some sorts and seasons of normality, and I refuse to accept all the changes as a new norm. But there will be changes in the way that we think and the way that we go about life, I believe, at some level. There will be changes as we do church going forward. I pray that God will give us the wisdom and strength to do them in a more directed and purposeful way. But, and I pray that through all of this, maybe God... I, I, I want to tell you, when we couldn't meet together, it hurt my heart. I mean, there are people that think, oh, that must have been easy on uh, churches. You were just doing the virtual services. Let me tell you, you don't become a pastor because you don't like having church. I love church. And, and so, uh, no, it wasn't easy on us. And, and as soon as we had the inkling that it was safe to come back together, we began to come back together earlier than many. So the Lord told Samuel, quit mourning over the past. God's not done yet. Then he told him, fill your horn with oil. Amen. Now we know that the the joy of the Lord is our strength. The anointing of God that breaks every yoke, that breaks every chain, every fetter. Listen, I, I'm, I'm praying God for a fresh anointing over our church. Let me, when they used to anoint people, uh, a couple weeks back we anointed everybody. And I, I think I anointed them with um, disinfectant. So they wouldn't be scared to get anointed. And uh, I mean, we, but when I used to anoint people uh, back in the day, I would pour anointing oil in my hands and slather up. I mean, people would go away greased. And, uh, you know, that was before I knew, well, Pastor, all you're supposed to do is get a little bit on the tip of your finger. <laughs> No, let me tell you, and you think that's bad, when Samuel and them, they would take a whole vial of oil and pour it over their head, and it would run down their beard and down their garments. So listen, you're getting off easy. And uh, so, so they, we, but I'm praying, God, let the anointing of the Lord that breaks yokes. Now, can I tell you that the anointing of God draws the Spirit of God? And a lot of people confuse that. Luke chapter 4, let's go there real quick just to help me make my point. I, I, I know I'm out of order, guys. Um, Luke chapter 4, 
I think it is. Verse 18. This is speaking of Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me. A lot of us get that mixed up. We think that the anointing is the Spirit of the Lord, but the Spirit is drawn to the anointing. You need to let that settle into your spirit. What is the anointing then? If the Spirit is drawn to the anointing, and then he begins to describe, because he has anointed me to do certain things. Anointing is your purpose. Now let's not get held up. Our, our sister that gave her life over to missions and going to spend her life serving the Lord in missions, God's going to bless her and the Spirit of God is going to rest on her. Why? Because she's been anointed to walk out this call in her life. Don't get held up in what Jesus says, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Those are tremendous things. Most of you aren't Jesus. Some of you may have some very similar anointings. But the point that I want you to understand is, as you begin to flow in your anointing, your anointing may be like our mayor to be a civic leader. Like some of you military guys, be leaders in the military. That may be that you're anointed to do that. So you may be anointed to do business or anointed. But as you're doing, look, can I tell you, God can use people from all different walks. Brother Felix is an anointed painter. Church needs painters. Church needs businessmen. And women. Thank you, Sister Rhonda. <laughs> I tell you what, I know the Hutto family needs a businesswoman. So, uh, here, here's my point. As you begin to walk out your anointing, the purpose of God in your life, it's going to draw the Spirit of the Lord on you. A lot of well, if, if the Spirit of God would just come on me, then I could do this anointing. God's waiting on you to make the first move. You know, God, God, God wants you to uh, teach a small group. Well, if the Spirit of the Lord, well, ha, start planning it. Start organizing it. Start looking at some books you want to do. Why? Because as you begin to function in that anointing, that's going to, hey, the Spirit of the Lord is going to be paying attention. Look, there's one of mine that's starting to do something. I'm going to come on and amplify their calling and their gifting because they're walking in the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you because of your anointing. So well, we're, we are, we do have this anointing. The, the spirit, I should preach a whole series because another thing the Spirit of the Lord does in Isaiah, it's, and I don't have that reference back there because I don't know it right off the top. Isaiah something. Dominic will tell me. Uh, says that the Spirit of the Lord, I mean, that the anointing will do what? It breaks yokes. Things, what are some yokes? Things that hold us back. Things that, I love that song we sung this morning when we began to sing. Uh, freedom. Freedom. Lord, there's freedom in this place. 
you will get free under the anointing. And the anointing will flow in your life as you begin to flow in the gifts and the purpose and the calling of God on your life. Amen? Then, uh, God told Samuel something. I'm kind of going through these pretty fast because I don't know what time it is, but it feels like lunchtime's coming. Go, I am sending you. Can I, can I tell you that when we begin to do what God has called us to do, let's not forget that God, that we are sent. We're not going in our own strength. God told Saul a very simple thing. When you take this city captive and it's hard for us to comprehend in this day that we live in but God told Saul kill everyone I'm not even going to try to go there that would take a lot of time to try to all I know to do is be obedient to the Lord Saul didn't have any problem with killing people I mean, he was a great warrior, and he was, that's what he did. Killing people, that wasn't his issue. His issue was he wanted to be like other kings. Have you ever realized sometimes God calls you to be a little different? Have you ever realized you don't always fit in? And God wants to use that difference, and that's because there's a calling on your life. But Saul wanted to bring the best, because that's what kings did the best of their cattle, the best. He wanted to bring the king back of that land that they had conquered to be tried and executed publicly. Wasn't trying to save his life. He wanted to bring back the... Why? Because he wanted recognition. But that's not what God told him to do. And Samuel approached him and says, why didn't you obey God? And Samuel says, what are you talking about? I did obey God. And Samuel said, then what is this bleeding of the sheep that I hear crying behind you? Because he had brought herds of sheep back. And God said through Samuel, Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. Because Saul said, oh, I just brought them back to sacrifice. God, I'm just doing this because I want to give it to you. I'm just doing this. God says, no, I need you to be obedient to me. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Samuel said, because Saul was again. Saul, as kings in those days could, could put a decree to have you executed and nobody would second guess it. It's not like, well, king, we shouldn't have that person executed. You might get executed yourself. You just said, king, that's not like a good idea to me. And so Samuel said, I can't go look for another king. While Saul was still king, he'll kill me. How do I go? How do I go? How many of us this morning 
are looking at all of the reasons that we can't do what God is asking us to do. Lord, I can't, I can't step out and start that business that you've, you've asked me. Lord, I can't fix my marriage. There's too much damage there. Lord, I, I, I can't quit this thing even though I know it's wrong. But I've done it so many years, I can't just stop doing it. Samuel says, Lord, how, how can I do what you're asking me to do? Can I tell you, church, when God began to, to, to speak to our heart about ministry, we didn't have any idea. I'm not the son of a pastor. Son of a bricklayer. Died when I was a little boy or a teenager. You know, my grandfather wasn't a preacher. Most pastors I know come from a long line of preachers. I didn't know how to pastor a church. In fact, when God first started calling me to pastor, I remember just weeping. I had no idea what God was telling me to do. I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, I don't know what's going on in my life. I just, I just see lost souls everywhere I look and it just my heart is constantly broken. I can't go through a day without breaking down. I, I just feel like that there were lost souls and all I could see was people going to hell in a handbasket. And I said, Pastor, you got to tell me. What am I supposed to do? I had no, and I'm telling you as transparently and as sincerely as possible, I had no idea of what a call of God was. And my pastor looked at me and says, it sounds to me like God's calling you into ministry. I said, what does that mean? I went to the person that was teaching the young, and I was on 19 my own self. And I went to the person that was teaching the, the, the teenage Sunday school class at our church and says, if you want me to help you, I'd like to help teach. And that Sunday night, they brought me all the books and everything. says, here, I've been praying for somebody to take this class over. <laughs> Boom. I was a new youth pastor. <laughs> I had no idea. And then they started loading work. Oh, my Lord. pastor said, well, you know, and keep in mind, it never crossed anybody's mind to pay me in those days. Well. pastor said, I'd like you to start coming. We have this huge church, huge church. A small amount of people, but a huge building. And we had a fellowship hall that was bigger than most of this building combined. And he said, I'd like you to come in and uh, buff and polish the we had terrazzo, terrazzo floors. The floors every Saturday. You're my new youth pastor. That's your job. When you get done with that, you can mow. Bring the youth along. They'll love this. <laughs> I couldn't sell that to the youth no matter how hard I tried. Guys, pastor says we get to start cleaning the church. Saturdays were lonely around there, me and Rhonda. And they gave us like $25 a week to the youth department to 
I don't know where I'm going other than to say, I remember praying, God, how can I do this? Keep in mind, I was working two secular jobs just to pay the bills. I said, how can I do this? How can I do this? When I first come to pastor this church, I, I eventually gone to church and uh, had another uh, youth pastor opportunity where they did pay me. and <laughs> I was fun. I, I, I had no idea. And then I got hired by another church. And we had a good church. They provided me a place to live. They provided us pay. And, and we were having a good time. And we weren't getting rich, but we were having a good time. God called me to pastor over here, and I still remember Brother Dan uh, was on that meeting, Brother Dan Goulet, the meeting when I came to pastor over here at this church. And I don't know why I'm telling this story, but I, I just want you to see, sometimes you've got to step out on faith. And one of, one of the men said, well, brother, we can afford to pay you maybe $150, maybe $200 a week to be our pastor. And I remember saying, well, if that's my choice, I'll take 200. <laughs> Always go for the... <laughs> Thank y'all. Y'all have given me raises over the years. Um, and we were having, began having those same conversations. God, how can we do this? How can we do this? Because if you don't know it, you can't live on $200 a week. Lord, how can we do this? And all I can tell you is as I've walked in obedience to the Lord, and I haven't always. I haven't done this thing perfectly. I've not even done it close to right sometimes. But in the seasons that I've walked in obedience to the Lord, the anointing of God that breaks yokes has fallen, and God has made a way. We had cars given to us. We bought house at a discounted rate. And, and the Lord, we had people that would just bless us. They would come up and bless us with vacations and trips and, and money. And, and it meant so much. And, and we were, and I'm only telling you just to encourage you because some of you may be, God may be calling you to do something and you think, Lord, there's no way. That's overwhelming. I can't do that because it doesn't always work out on paper. And the Lord has been, and I didn't, I didn't even mean to get in my personal testimony. And believe me, I just touched bases of it. And I pray, God, how can I do this? And I'm still here this morning. February, 1st of March. They said you can't have church anymore. You're going to have to close down the church. Well, our church has never had a huge bank account balance. And I remember praying, Lord, how can we do this? How can we do this? How can the church survive? We don't even know. But I, 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 hear, I just stand here today as a living testimony to tell you God has been so faithful. People begin to mail their tithes in, bring them to the church, give online. And I realized, God, this thing is bigger than I am. Bigger than we are. Can I tell you, it's in those moments, and still today, I stand here, Lord, you want me to, 
and God, I don't know how. You're asking me to do things. I don't know how to do them. I know how to do church the old-fashioned way. But Lord, you're asking me to do something a little different. I don't know how. And I think God's saying, well, thank goodness. Maybe you'll listen to me a little bit. Because we, we look back and think, God, this is how I've seen it done. Can I tell you, and, you're in, and I know I've rambled, and I, but I feel like the Lord is dealing somebody's heart this morning because God is asking you to do some things different than you've ever done them before. Maybe in your family. Maybe in your job. And you're, you're like Samuel. God, how, how can I do this? And God said, go with a sacrifice. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. But I'll be there and I'll make a way. Would you stand with me this morning? My watch broke. I know next week's Pastor Appreciation Day. So that's why I don't know what time it is. I assume that we're, I just go by the lunch clock in my internal 1215. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just wait on the Lord for just a moment, church. Maybe there's somebody here this morning and heads are bowed and eyes are closed. People aren't looking around. But I want to pray for you. Maybe you're here this morning and God is telling you to do something different than you've ever done it before. Maybe it's ministry related, maybe it's not. Maybe it's career related. Maybe it's family related. But God is challenging you to try something and and you're like Samuel, Lord, how can I do this? There's so many obstacles, there's so many reasons I can't do that. But God is saying, trust me. If you're here this morning and the Holy Spirit says, yeah, that's you. You know that's you. You know I'm speaking to you and you need to be obedient to me. You need to step out in faith in this area of your life. Nobody looking around. I want you to slip your hand up so I can pray for you. God bless you. Come on. God bless you all over the building. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. It may be uncomfortable because you're going to be lost. You're going to wade in to waters that you've not waded into before. And you're going to have to learn to surrender. Ezekiel saw this great vision where this river rushed out. And he said, at first I waded ankle deep. Then I waded knee deep. Then I waded waist deep. But eventually I got to where my feet couldn't touch. the. Listen, most Christians, we want to have some control. We're all right to wade out into the river about waist deep because as long as our feet are touching the bottom, we still have some control. But God says, I want you to get out in the current and just trust me this morning. I'm going to take you to places. I'm going to take you to levels that you didn't even know existed. I'm going to bless you in ways that you don't even know that there are such blessings right now. Hallelujah. Father, right now you've seen every hand that went up this morning across this room. God, the voice of the Lord is sure and true. God, as you've spoken to hearts and you've challenged men and women, God, to step out in faith.
God, I pray that the anointing of God, Lord, as they walk in purpose, God, that the Spirit of the Lord would enable and empower them, God, in ways, Lord, that they're going to see, they're going to speak words that they don't even know where they came from. They're going to do things, Lord, that they never imagined that you would have them to do. You're going to put them in positions, God, that they never even knew that they had the capability of being in. But God, it's because of your faithfulness. And Lord, we want to be careful to recognize that because as quickly as you can raise men and women up, you can bring them back down. So Father, teach us. Teach us. Show us. Now maybe there's somebody here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I I don't even... You know, I've never even accepted Jesus as my Savior. But if you're, what you're telling me this morning is God can make a way where there seems to be no way. God can do things that seem impossible in my life. I, I, I'm willing to count the cost. And I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I want to ask Jesus to be my Savior this morning. If that's you, would you slip your hand up this morning? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. Listen, I want us to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we confess, Lord, that we are sinners. God, that we are lost without you. God, we want to ask you to come into our life. Father, to forgive us of our sins. God, to be our Savior and our God. Lord, as we walk this thing out, God, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall short. God, teach us of your grace. Help us, Lord. God, we surrender our will to your will. God, not our will be done, but Lord, yours. God, you direct our careers. You direct our families. You direct our thoughts. God, we'll walk in your ways and give you all the glory and all the honor In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I don't like to not have at least an opportunity for those. So we won't drag this out a long time. But if you're here this morning and you're comfortable and you will, would you just come stand across? I'm just going to pray over us in closing. But can you just come and stand across the front of the building at the altars this morning? You can stay where you are if you want to, but if you will, would you just step out from where you are and just come and line across the front of the building? I just don't feel comfortable not having an altar call. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, right now, God, we we joke and kid and have a good time. But Lord, the call of God is so serious. God, the work that you've called us to is so serious. God, sometimes it seems overwhelming. 
and the tasks and the assignments, Lord, that you lay on our heart, Lord, we dismiss them because they seem too big for us. But Father, right now, God, I pray, Lord, that as you raise up men and women, God, to do your work, help us to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. The world so desperately needs the church today. God, we have the message of hope. God, bless our missionary to Estonia. God, help her to plant churches. God, or whatever the undertaking, God, that she puts her hands to, Father, she walks in that anointing. God, bless her in that effort. God, bless all of those, God, that step out to do the work of God. Thank you, God, for those that lead us in this great nation. God, I I pray, Father, for all of our leaders. Pray for our president. Pray for our Congress and Senate. Pray for our mayor. Thank you, God, for letting her visit with us today. Pray for our commission. I pray, God, for our city council and Jacksonville mayor. I pray, God, for all of those in leadership this morning. We lift them to the throne of God. God, bless. Give them wisdom. Lord, There, there's times, Lord, that you, you can speak godly counsel even from ungodly people. And if that be the case in any of these, then God, you grant that. God, just wisdom. God, be glorified in Jesus. Now, Father, may the, may the face of the Lord shine upon you. May His countenance overshadow you. May His grace be true to you. I pray that He would bless you on your coming in and your going out. And that you would share the gospel of Jesus to all of those that you come in contact with. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. God bless you.